Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We've got a ton of stuff to get to as we head into week five of NFL action. What the hell are you supposed to do with Miles Sanders and Allen Robinson and your fantasy lineups? Justin Fields is officially the Bears starting quarterback. Jimmy G has to throw on Friday to figure out if he's going to be able to play this weekend for the 49ers. We're all crossing our fingers for Trey Lance to make his first NFL start. Had a weird Thursday night football game, and Russell Wilson suffered a finger injury. And we've also got a fresh batch of NFL Reacts polls to get to and our new Pick 3 segment. To close the show, we'll make the final announcement on which quarterback we're going to be repping on this podcast for the rest of the season. I know you guys are really excited about that. So let's get to it. I need to welcome in Kate Majuk of DK Nation and Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., that was a weird Thursday night football game, right? There was the <laughs> the double punt. Um, I still don't know if that's allowed. Um, I was confused and shocked by that uh, all in one play. Russell Wilson got hurt, but then Geno Smith came in and just balled and looked fantastic. Uh, Russell Wilson is going for an MRI on his finger today. They're hopeful that he's not going to miss a significant amount of time or anything like that. But the Rams won the game. I don't think they looked particularly good. So I'm curious how you guys feel about that Thursday night football matchup. It definitely wasn't pretty, but I feel like we need to learn our lesson guys. Every time we get excited for a Thursday night football matchup, something goes weirdly wrong. Uh, we just, we need to temper our expectations. Anytime we see the Thursday night football tag, we, we really need to slow our role. Cause I, I just don't think uh, anything lives up to expectations, but the double punt, that was just one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Uh, and I can't understand the legalities of the situation. I uh, even listening to the broadcast, they're like, yeah, I don't think that's legal. Uh, and then sure enough, I, you know, I think even the refs had some questions there, but super interesting. Uh, my, one of my biggest takeaways though, is that Russell Wilson is a complete and total badass. Uh like so tough as nails his finger i don't know if you guys saw when they zoomed in on his finger it was disgusting um the it was just sort of dangling there it was it was really gross but uh he he tried to hang in there for the game and that was uh absolutely shocking to me uh because if my finger was dislocated i would just like you would see me on a gurney uh, entering the hospital and it would be like an episode of Grey's Anatomy. So kudos to Russell Wilson. Geno Smith looked fantastic. Um, I, like made a case, uh, despite the fact that the game ended in a pick, uh, made a case for, you know, him being one of the league's better backups. We just don't get to see him ever perform. Uh, and he looked fantastic though. That pick to end the game was absolutely not his fault whatsoever. I saw everybody, uh, responding in saying like, ah, Gino's going to Gino. That wasn't his fault. Like we, come on guys, we got to give some Gino some props here. Justice or like, what are your thoughts on Gino Smith? Can he look that good with a week of preparation? Cause now we don't know is Russell Wilson going to be back. I, like we have no idea. Yeah. The thing with Gino, right. Gino's always had a little something to him. Um, 
even going back to like when he came out for the draft, a lot of people had him as like the top quarterback in that class. The thing is, he is so fundamentally different from Russell Wilson that I think it changes like how your offensive line has to play um, with the pre- like preparation wise. You mentioned Russell Wilson, tough guy. He, he doesn't get out of games. So that backup role, you hardly ever see that guy come into the game, period. But now, now that he might have an opportunity, I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, Russ, for all his positives, some of the things that he does, like we talk about that offense switching almost every offseason now. And it seems like no matter who's calling the shots, it becomes the Russell Wilson offense. It's, it's shot plays down the field. It's a lot of him freelancing, which is a positive in his game. I understand why he does it. But one of the weaknesses are – you know, being able to stand in the pocket and just operate in quick game. You saw it in the game where he's stepping up into the pocket, like at weird times. And it's like, you're walking into the backside of your center. That's, that's weird where that is going to be so different from Gino. Gino is like unconscious. Gino is going to take some weird hits where you're like, why did you think it was okay to hold the ball for six seconds and not move? But that's just kind of, that's who he is. That's who he is. And he is a little bit mobile, but that those like instincts that like kick into like the fight or flight where it's like, Oh, I need to get out of the pocket now. Just don't hit the same for Gino. I I think it'll be fun to see him get some reps in the league. You know, um, we haven't seen him outside of those jets years and it's not like the jets were loaded in talent um, offensively. So it'll be fun. We got to remember too. I mean, Gino only, he he got stripped away his starting job in the NFL because his teammate punched him in the face. That's a, that's a weird path to go. As a quarterback, right? <laughs> I have dislocated a finger before. I can confirm yeah. it's not fun. Uh, I think Russell Wilson's finger was a little bit more mangled than mine was. Popped mine back into place, dislocated it again the second time, and then I went to the hospital. Uh, it was not fun. It, it's not a good thing to go through, but hopefully Russell Wilson will be fine. That The double punt, I want to talk about that again for a quick second because – it was incredible on the broadcast because they had no idea what to do. Nobody who was watching it had any idea what to do. Twitter erupted with how crazy it was. <laughs> and everybody was just like, is that allowed? Are you allowed to do that? And then they're like, and then after they're like, oh, okay, well, I guess it was a punt. They're like, oh, what a heads up play by, by Seattle's punter. <laughs> and nobody knew if that was the correct call. He had the punter had no idea if he was allowed to do that. He was just like, I don't know. I just went for it. It was the first thing that I thought of. Just get get rid of the ball. I'm not running this thing. It was hilarious. I, I vote for more double punt games moving forward. That that they should I, change the rule for that. I actually like that. Um, I'm gonna probably go back, change some of my fantasy team names to double punt. Like, because you know what? Like any any team with a losing record that I'm I'm currently holding as a fantasy manager, uh, we're, we're changing our name to double punt because that's sometimes that's what you got to do. You, you just got to make a, a clutch play, but that was fantastic because even the refs were looking at each other. Like, uh, wh- what do you think? You know, it, you know, nobody wants to share their opinion cause they want somebody else to be the first to say it. Uh, and I, I kind of like watching that kind of confusion on people's faces. Yeah, Mike Pereira on the broadcast came in hot. He was like, that is not allowed. <laughs> they, they made a change in the rules. There's an amendment. There's a sentence in the rules now where that is not allowed. And then after the game, he's on Twitter, and he's like, actually, as long as you're behind the line of scrimmage, you can punt it twice. And I was like, wait, what? The, the, what the heck was this? Yeah, I mean, even the people who are supposed to be educated about the rules in this game somehow, you know, can't keep up with with all the legislation. It's it's tough. I mean, it's a it's a weird sport. So sometimes you can get weird stuff. I just hope we embrace the weirdness, right? If you can, if you get a punt that is blocked and you can pick it up with one hand, roll out and then punt it again. Let it count. Let it count. I, I just love the thought of like picturing Mike Pereira, like just frantically looking for his pdf file on the nfl rule book and like scrolling through searching doing the like command f like punt double punt yeah searching for everything but you know what that's what makes the nfl so fantastic is all of the weird stuff that can happen on a week-to-week basis you just never know what you're gonna get 
this week we got double punts and I'm so excited. Yes. So I think we are all pro double punts. Let's see more of them. Uh, it <laughs> was the most thrilling punt that I've certainly ever seen in my entire life. But we got a ton of stuff to get to today. Uh, a ton of week five action. First game of the week, Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, 6.30 a.m. Pacific for justice. The Falcons are taking on the New York Jets in England. Calvin Ridley is dealing with a personal issue and did not travel with the team. Obviously not going to be available for the Falcons on Sunday. Russell Gage was also ruled out with an injury. So if if you've got some Falcons in fantasy, Kate, are you risking putting a guy like Olamide Zacchaeus into your lineup for this game? Or are we just going all in on Cordero Patterson across the board? It's Cordero Patterson. It's going to be the Cordero Patterson show uh, I've been a little bit more timid than most about Cordero Patterson, a little nervous because of the fact that uh, despite his huge, huge production, like, I mean, there's, he's uh, what the running back two uh, right now. And he's not even a guy that had running back eligibility ahead of this year. Like that's absolutely insane. But despite the production, he ha- actually hasn't been playing a, ton of offensive snaps and that's been my concern but I mean there's there's literally nobody else to play any snaps for the, for the Falcons at this point um, we've seen him utilized very well as a as a receiver obviously converted wide receiver um, at least six targets in each of the last three games I think that uh, can only go up I wouldn't be surprised if he ends this game with 10 targets but um, as far as the other options on the team big gross. I I'm staying away even in, um, you know, DFS, uh, like it's not just a season long thing. I don't want to, I don't want to bet on anybody in this game. This is a, a, a firm no go, but Hey, maybe this is the opportunity we see, uh, for Kyle Pitts to officially take over and become the guy that we've all been so desperate to see heading into the season. So Justice, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Like, what is Atlanta doing with Cordero Patterson that's different than anything anybody has ever done in his career? Because he's 30 years old and he's been absolutely insane so far this season and playing on like a third of the snaps or something ridiculous like that. So when he's on the field, they're just going out of their way to get him the football, even more so than a guy like Calvin Ridley this season. It just makes zero sense for the Atlanta Falcons offense. No, I think you nailed it on the head with that. It's when he's on the field, he's getting the ball. I mean, that's the, the situation that they're in right now. Atlanta personnel wise is so weird. I don't think any team in the league is as heavy as they are um, in, in neutral situations when they're down in the game. They're just rotating everyone in, whether it's a fullback, you know, the three tight ends that they use. Um, the one guy that you could kind of hang your hat on and say, hey, this dude's going to be on the field and he's not coming off the field is Calvin Ridley. And now he's not even making the trip to London. So they're in a weird spot. I don't know what this offense looks like. You know, I think their offensive line is really hurting them in general. And that's why they're using some of these manufactured touches and stuff with with uh, CPAT. But they've just invested so much in that offensive line over the years. Um, really, I mean, look uh, just across the board. I mean, they're, they're lowest investment is probably Jalen Mayfield, who as a rookie is starting at right tackle. Um, But for the most part, I mean, three and a half of those guys are getting their butts kicked, (laughs) you know, game to game. So I think it's just a tough offense to watch because I think that they thought they were going to be a lot better than they are already. And they thought that it was going to be turnkey. And now you're seeing Arthur Smith just adapting to, oh, Mike Davis isn't Derrick Henry. We can't do the Derrick Henry stuff when we don't have an offensive line and Mike Davis is our number one running back. So I think that's kind of where they are. Um, I'd like to see Pitts. I mean, like like Kate said, I hope Pitts goes off this game because they they just need another explosive guy that they can just consistently feed the ball through. Um, I think that's part of the problem right now. I am half tempted to avoid Cordero Patterson this week and just go all in on Mike Davis because everybody's going to jump on the Patterson train. And yes, I, that's exactly how I feel about it, Kate, 
But sometimes I hate myself in fantasy football and I do things <laughs> like this because it's the unpopular thing. So zig when they zag. Yeah, I'm probably going to slide Mike Davis into at least a couple of our lineups. And that actually brings us to our first NFL Reacts poll of the day. The worst team in the NFL right now. Jacksonville Jaguars really running away with this thing with 52% of the vote. The Detroit Lions with 20%. The New York Jets, 13%. Steelers with 6%. Falcons with 6%. And the New York Giants with 3%. I, I'm not shocked by the Jaguars being number one in this poll. I am a little shocked that people have so much faith in the Falcons, Steelers, or Giants, like turning this thing around, that they're getting that little of the vote. I think it just comes down to like picking the, uh, you know, the um, lesser, or, or in this case, I guess the most of all evil. Like it's got to be the Jaguars. I feel like they far and away running away with it. Like, Am I ready? Uh, obviously, the Steelers are my team, so I'm not ready to concede that they're they're worse than the Jaguars at this point, or the Lions, uh, or the Jets for that matter. But um, I I certainly understand. But how crazy is it that we finally get this opportunity to watch a London game? Um, kudos to the like the NFL media team because they put together like a fantastic video that would make you think you're watching like a Super Bowl type matchup. Um, and it is featuring two teams that uh, are currently compri- comprising uh, 19% of the votes in terms of worst NFL performances so far. Yikes. Um, it, this is, it, it's going to be an interesting one, but again, it's similar to the Thursday night thing. I said, you know, there's always something weird with Thursday night football, this could be the game of the week and we're all touting it as uh, you know, a, a throwaway game, but uh, you know, two, two defenses that aren't, uh, aren't exactly shut down. You've got a bunch of like garbage, it just garbage, garbage, garbage. Um, it, this could be a fun garbage time game it, and we could actually maybe see some, some offense where we don't expect it. Yeah, I think the the Lions being second is the biggest surprise to me because I think the Lions are actually competitive in these games. I, I know they haven't been able to kind of close them out, but, I mean, they took the Ravens down to the wire. They competed with San Francisco very hard for a full half. They competed with Green Bay for a full half. I, I don't think Detroit is like a team that just gets rolled over in the same way that some of these other teams do. Um, Jacksonville, obviously. They've been a pain in the they, butt. Yeah, no, the Lions, the Lions for sure have. Um, Jacksonville, I think if they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, they like, there wouldn't even be a question, right? It's just Trevor Lawrence playing hero ball, making a couple great throws. A game is what's keeping them in. Um, lower down the line, I'm thinking like Jets, Steelers, Falcons is probably the conversation that I would have uh, for, for second worst team. You know, the Giants, for as much as I don't expect – Danny Dimes to be like a successful NFL quarterback down the line in terms of like, if you give him a huge contract, like, Oh buddy, Oh buddy. Is there going to be some regret, but he's doing solid right now. And you know, they're running him. They're doing some RPO stuff uh, to scheme up just quick completions for him. I I think they could win some ball games with that guy. The, The tougher ones for me are the jets. They just can't figure out their offense. Um, Zach Wilson just clearly isn't comfortable at this point. The Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger got that one deep shot against Green Bay uh, early on in the game last week. But other than that, it's just checkdowns. It's 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 kind of tough to watch. And then we already touched the Falcons where it's like they just assumed that they would be able to run inside on teams and beat them up. And they can't do that. And they're not really equipped to do anything else right now. Yeah, I think that the Lions, it's more – just general body of work and history of just being awful that people assume they're worse than they are when they look at their record. Uh, you know, a lot of people probably aren't locked into these lion game lions games each and every That's week, fair. That's fair. I, they have been competitive. Like those guys seem like they are bought in to Dan Campbell right now. And they're actually like a decent team to watch. They're not great, but And I I wouldn't exactly call it like thrilling football, but yeah, they shouldn't be the second worst team. Like the Jaguars, 
I think we can all agree are the worst team in the NFL with the disaster that is Urban Meyer right now. So it's we'll we'll see how that plays out. Uh, it kind of unraveled this week, and uh, maybe they're going to give Urban a couple of weeks. But I'd be shocked if Urban Meyer makes it to the end of the season as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Uh, the Chicago Bears are going to be without David Montgomery this week. It's a major bummer for your fantasy teams. David Montgomery has been fantastic this season. Uh, looked like he was really taking a huge step to become like a serious RB1 candidate. And now he suffered an injury. So Damian Williams was the most popular ad this week. Uh, he's a guy that you're probably going to have to deploy in your lineup, especially if you're a David Montgomery owner. But Justin Fields has officially been named the starter Yay! for the Chicago Bears. Yes, we can all rejoice. Justin Fields is going to be great. We saw the big-time throws that he was making last week when I think they only allowed him to throw the ball 17 times or something ridiculous like that. Without David Montgomery, I would have to assume that he's going to get more opportunities to throw the football this week. So, Allen Robinson, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, has been one of the absolute biggest fantasy letdowns this season. Kate, Will you still plug Allen Robinson into your lineup with confidence this week, assuming Justin Fields is going to make him uh, have more upside? Not with confidence. I'm not. Um, that's like confidence. That's that's a really strong word at this point. Uh, we we actually did see some production last week out of Darnell Mooney, who, uh, despite the fact that everybody was hyping him in the preseason, was dropped in so many fantasy leagues. He was like everybody's favorite ninth round pick. And then we gave up so soon. Uh, he was the one that actually looked to have the chemistry there with Justin Fields. Um, got some really nice big chunk plays. I'm not deploying Allen Robinson in my fantasy lineups with confidence, but honestly, we're to the point in the season where, um, you know, I feel like week four, week five is that point where I say, okay, so I drafted this player. I drafted player XYZ um, pretty highly in my fantasy drafts, but are they performing performing to that? No, they're not. Uh, Allen Robinson is one of those guys for me that, I mean, if you have uh, some legitimate other options, like, uh, you know, even if you drafted them uh, behind, maybe like a, um, uh, for instance, a Jamar Chase, you probably drafted Jamar Chase behind uh, a guy like Allen Robinson, he's a rookie. He doesn't feel as safe, but Jamar Chase is producing and Allen Robinson's not. So there are some, some players that I'm considering benching uh, Allen Robinson in favor for just, just because of uh, some upside. I, I need you to show me something before I can trust again. I, I've already had my heart stomped too many times, four times too many this season. Uh, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes. Here, here's the reason to fall for the next heart stump, right? It's it's the fact that Gus Bradley is the defensive coordinator of, of the Raiders. He doesn't really change what he does week to week. You know you're going to get a lot of cover three stuff with that drop down safety. It, it, it's almost like a, a meme of a defense, right? It, it's you, you know what you're going to get going into it. Um, that Chargers game, you could see the Chargers just actively realizing like, oh, he's he's just going to stick in this. And they're just running like weird ways to get a tight end up a seam. And then it's just like, hey, that guy was open 15 yards down the field. That's kind of weird. So I would think that they would be able to scheme up Allen Robinson some touches if, if that's really what they wanted to do. I guess the question just becomes, is that really what they want to do, right? It should be what they want to do. I, I don't know why it wouldn't be. Uh, yeah, I loved what we saw from Darnell Mooney last week and him being the big play guy that a lot of fantasy experts were hoping he would be when, as Kate mentioned, he was one of the favorite sleepers coming into the season. So you love to see that. I'm probably still benching Allen Robinson this week until I see some chemistry that I can bank on from week to week with him and Justin Fields. And he did have a couple of nice throws from Justin Fields last week. He was just not getting the targets and you can't keep trotting Allen Robinson out every week for 40, 50 yards and no touchdown. So you're hoping that that's going to show up this weekend. I am much more tempted 
to start Justin Fields in my fantasy lineups than Allen Robinson and those legs, baby. Yes. And hope that we finally get the rushing floor game where no David Montgomery, uh, you know, they they're going against the Raiders team that has had a decent pass rush could give them some problems. Let Justin Fields use his legs and get outside the pocket, make plays because we know that's where he's really good at. And I'm not sure that Matt Nagy is calling the plays anymore. So all of that's working in Justin Fields' favor. I'm super tempted to put him into my fantasy lineups this week. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Each week, me and Kate will give you one quarterback, one wide receiver, and one running back to build your daily lineups around. Those are the people that we like the most is like the cornerstones or value guys that can really get you some other premium guys fitted into your lineup. And then Justice is going to give you his three favorite bets from the DraftKings Sportsbook each and every week. Kate. Who is your top DraftKings quarterback this week? All right. So I'm actually going for the value play here. I'm I'm sticking with Jared Goff. We already talked about the Detroit Lions here earlier about how uh, the, the Detroit Lions actually have been, uh, like I said, they've been pains in the butts to opposing offense or opposing defenses. Um, they've, they've shown ability to move the ball. Jared Goff is actually, I think, playing uh, a better football than anybody's really giving him credit for. Um, he he's playing, uh, with a higher completion percentage than he has in years past. Um, he's his yards per attempt really did not drop too drastically from years prior. Um, I just think he's playing better football than anybody's really giving him credit for. Uh, yes, the team is Owen four, but I think they're a much better Owen four than anybody would have guessed. And now they get the Vikings who I think, uh, are beatable through the air at, in his two games against the Vikings. He's averaged 345 passing yards, two and a half touchdowns, zero interceptions, last of which was in 2018. But um, I, I like the value here. I like the price point. And you know what? We've seen uh, we've seen Jared Goff be productive for fantasy football, despite the fact that he's got a, a very limited receiving core. Um, I'm, I'm actually not as scared, uh, off from this lions, uh, lions defense. Maybe I go, uh, you know, Jared Goff here, and then maybe that'll leave me some money so I can pay up for, uh, the, the King Henry against, you know, Jacksonville, who that's gotta be the lock play of the week. But if you're going to make that, that lock play of the week work, you're going to have to find value across all of your other positions. And this is one way Jared Goff is going to help us do that. Yeah, I think we aren't showing Jared enough love this season. He's looked a you lot better. You guys are on first-name basis. Yeah, he, he's looked a lot better <laughs> than I've anticipated him looking for the Detroit Lions. My quarterback, Trey Lance, assuming Jimmy Garoppolo does not play, I just like the upside of what Kyle Shanahan's going to be able to do with Trey Lance, hopefully utilizing his legs. Uh, he managed 20 DraftKings points in one half of football last week, and he's only 5,700. Uh, he's just a quarterback that I really like another kind of value play. That's going to let me get some, uh, some other more premium positions into my lineup. Who is your top running back? Kate, I'm going with Najee Harris. This is my Homer pick of the day. $6,900 on DraftKings this week. Uh, it, running back rigs fourth in the NFL, uh, among running backs for touches. And I mean, we're really not talking about him that much because the Steelers are a really bad team. Uh, you know, this week they get a tough matchup at home against the Broncos who are fantastic against the run. Uh, I'm not really banking on Najee to do much in terms of his rushing production. Um, he has not, you know, been fantastic from an efficiency standpoint, just 3.4 yards per attempt. But the money comes in the target share, five targets, 14 targets, six targets, uh, I think they are going to struggle to get it moving once again on the ground this week. They are going to need to use Najee Harris as a receiver. Um, I, I just think the upside uh, on a week-to-week basis, especially for that salary, uh, is is fantastic. 
Yeah, I know Ben uh, practiced yesterday, but he does have that hip going on right now. So I like the Najee Harris pick a lot. I'm going get with the ball him. out quick. <laughs> yes, I- I'm going with Tampa Bay running back Leonard Fournette. He's only 5,200 on DraftKings. Lenny had 20 carries last week. Ronald Jones is a total afterthought, and the Dolphins have been getting gashed by opposing running backs. I think Leonard Fournette's got a big opportunity. He's only 5200 bucks again. Another value play that I think could really pay off for you in your lineup. Who is your wide receiver, Kate? All right, this one's going to be a gross one, but I want you guys to hear me out. I'm going with Deontay Harris, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints have been kind of an icky offense this year, but Let's look at the fact uh, that this guy sits with a price tag of $4,100. This is one of the perfect value plays that I'm going to probably be squeaking into my lineups. Uh, you know, if, if I've got, if I'm spending up on, on Derek Henry, which I alluded I am, this is where I'm finding value. Washington football team is giving up the six most fantasy points to the wide receiver position, averaging uh, a touchdown allowed per game. But The beauty comes in the yardage, 212 yards per game to the wide receiver position. Um, That that gives you plenty of room for Jameis to bounce back, uh, for Deontay Harris to bounce back. He's actually been like kind of the most productive wide receiver in uh, in New Orleans with the absence of Michael Thomas. Um, He's he's, you know, not necessarily been pretty, but he's leading in fantasy points leading in fantasy points per snap. Uh, Try it. Throw him in there. He's $4,100. I think this is a nice basement price for uh, some big play upside here that you can get out of Deontay Harris with a pretty talented NFL quarterback under center. My wide receiver is Carolina Panther DJ Moore. He is coming in at $7,500. He's a little bit more pricey, but Moore has been one of the best values in fantasy so far this year. Super consistent. We saw what Tyreek Hill did to that Eagles secondary last week. And I don't know if you guys saw the video circulating this morning of DJ Moore and former teammate Curtis Samuel and how they used to hug before they walked out on the field together. And then last week they each just, you know, like hugged the shadow of the person headed out to the field. All the reasons in the world to love DJ Moore this week. That video, so it, pure. yeah, it made me made me emotional this morning. So if that's not a good enough reason for you to get DJ Moore in your lineup, I don't know what is. Justice, <laughs> your three favorite DraftKings sportsbook bets this week. Yeah, I'm going to open this up with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are three-point home favorites. Um, the Eagles haven't won a game since uh, that whole debacle in, in Atlanta week one where – the, the Falcons decided, hey, let's just run ISO straight into Fletcher Cox like 20 times. Um, I saw Jalen Hurts do a 360 in the pocket. That's that's never what you want to see from a quarterback. I'm not sure if he's necessarily developing in the ways that that front office thought that they would. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if he starts the full season there. Uh, Carolina, on the other hand, they're getting production out of Sam Darnold. I mean, I was down on Sam Darnold coming into the season. Kudos to him. He's doing well. He's, I think he's still leading the league in, in rushing touchdowns somehow. Um, that offense looks solid. I mean, their wide receivers catch everything on the run. The way it's structured is very good. Defensively, I had some questions, especially once uh, Horn got hurt. Obviously, they've made the trade for Gilmore. He's not going to play this week. But I really thought that that defense was kind of propped up by who they played. Um, but the fact that they were able to play Dallas even that tight, I think, proves how good they are as a team. So I'm going to take Carolina there in that situation. Uh, the next game, Green Bay on the road, minus three at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is three and one, and they're probably the iffiest three and one team in the league, I would say. I mean, think about that Thursday night football game, that first half um, against Jacksonville. I mean, they they look like Zach Taylor was was on – track to be fired frankly even though that they were going to go 500 after that game um meanwhile they have three offensive linemen on the injury report right now joe mixon's on the injury report if they can't establish that run game they're they're in a world of trouble because right now they're they're they basically run two offenses right they have their under center offense they run 80 percent of the time they have their shotgun offense they pass 80 percent of the time that's just way too much information to give to the defense uh, especially when your offensive line is 
either one miscommunicating or your quarterback is miscommunicating the, the protections and getting them in the wrong stuff because they're getting a lot of free free runners. Um, when you look at Green Bay's defense specifically, where they're starting to open up that playbook and they're sending blitzes from all angles, in an offensive line that's set in five man protection, especially when you're going to be empty so heavy as you know the, they have been under Burrow. I think that's going to cause them a lot of problems. So I like Green Bay on the road, actually, in, in that situation. I know it's their first morning game of the year, but I don't know how much uh, you, you put weight into that. Um, our last game of the week, Buffalo at Kansas City. Kansas City's a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. That's actually surprising to me because that means you think Buffalo's a better team on a neutral field. I don't necessarily think that. I, I, I get that Kansas City's record isn't as good as Buffalo's, but just in terms of – the teams that they played, how they performed, the the explosiveness that you see out of that Kansas City offense, I think I'm still taking Kansas City there because if it if it as, is as simple as set the edge against Josh Allen, have guys layered in terms of rushes, and Kansas City seen that that in terms of like teams trying to stop Patrick Mahomes. If you run the Pittsburgh Steelers game plan against Buffalo, you might be able to do it even with Kansas City's defensive personnel. And if you have a limited Josh Allen in a shootout against Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is going to win that one. That is Justice's top three bets of the week from the DraftKings Sportsbook. That is our pick three presented by DraftKings. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll go through our favorite fantasy sleepers and we'll pick our favorite games of the week and we will unveil which quarterback we're representing the rest of the way. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. Y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting... One more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I am Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., as well as Kate Majuk of DK Nation. Let's get right into it. Kate, your favorite fantasy sleeper headed into week five. All right, here, I'm going to go deep into the vault. I'm looking at wide receiver Brian Edwards for the Las Vegas Raiders. I always want to say Oakland. Oh, my God, when is this going to stop? When is my brain going to flip the switch from Oakland to Vegas? I don't know. Uh, But liking what they're giving up, uh, what Chicago is giving up to the wide receiver position, uh, fourth most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. I think Brian Edwards watching that watching all of these games uh he's he's looked like the most clutch player even though they they haven't really gotten him involved early in these outings i think uh if we're watching the tape which i assume john gruden is um my hope is that they're going to start getting brian edwards more involved earlier earlier on in the game um i I feel like it's no coincidence that you see brian edwards get involved later and then that's when you see Derek 
car start to shine. Um, I'm not, I'm not totally scared from his uh, four for uh, four targets, one reception for receiving yard performance. Uh, like probably the most understated at two pairs of, of 80 yard games in the NFL came weeks one and weeks three from Brian Edwards. Cause I, I, before I was doing my research, I didn't realize that he had two 80 yard games. Um, he's, he's playing really well, get him involved, get him involved early. Um, I, I like him as a deep flex play this week, especially coming off a, a, a season high uh, offensive snap uh, percentage. I mean, hopefully we, we just see the bulk of the targets increase. I do like the pick. It's crazy how clutch Brian Edwards has been. It's crazy that the Raiders just choose not to use him until the fourth quarter and overtime, but you would have to assume he's going to get involved in the offense sooner or later. Uh, I really love Jacksonville wide receiver LaVisca Chenault this week. He gets the Tennessee Titans who are giving up just a boatload of fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. He's coming off his largest target share of the year, 29% last week after DJ Chark went down with a season-ending ankle injury. And his 99 yards in week four were a career high, and they finally used LaVisca downfield. It feels like through headed into his second year, Jacksonville was just like, he's a gadget player. We're going to use him on these swing passes and hand the ball off to him. They're finally realizing like, oh, no, he's also strong and fast and he can run deep down the field and go up and get the football. So I'm hoping that will change this week or continue this week and he'll be able to take that step into the DJ Chark role and be their downfield threat and be a playmaking wide receiver. So I absolutely love LaVisca Chenault this week. Justice, do you have a particular game this week that outside of your top three favorite bets that you're really trying to throw some money on? Ooh, throw some money on. Um, I, I'd like to have a nice sweat with uh, the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, thank you. I, don't know how, I was hoping you would I don't, say this. <laughs> I don't know where I would put the money on in that, but just, you know, I, I when I watch games personally, I put money on the games just to have some sort of rooting interest if it's not a Packers game or something like that. So Cleveland Browns, Los Angeles Chargers is going to be really interesting to me. You know, it came out early uh, on this week that, you know, Baker's actually hurt. Um, that's interesting because Baker definitely looked limited last week. But I think the Cleveland Browns top to bottom are one of the most talented teams in the league. Just if you look at the depth chart, it's hard to find holes there. And then the Chargers, obviously, I mean, they're so explosive. The, the one thing the Chargers can't do is stop the run. You saw that in the Dallas Cowboys game. So it'll be interesting. I mean, between Chubb and Hunt and then the Chargers not being able to stop the run and then it being an explosive game because Justin Herbert is setting uh, setting the tempo for the game and then Baker being injured. I mean, there, there's just so many factors in it that, like, if I'm not watching it on Sunday, I'm going to have to watch it again on Monday just to figure out what the heck's happening in the league. And Kate, do you have a game this week that you are most invested in, in your fantasy lineups? Oh, it's definitely got to be the Browns, Browns chargers here. I just, I love everything that the Browns are doing, uh, at, at least from a run perspective here. Um, you have just Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. They are like the best running back tandem in the universe. And really nobody's been talking about the fact that you have Kareem Hunt, who's been producing out of his mind for fantasy football. Nobody's talking about Kareem Hunt, which is insane because he, and I mean, just across the four weeks, he's actually outscoring Nick Chubb, which is bonkers wild. He is currently the running back six in half PPR formats. Nick Chubb is the running back 10, but once again, we see both of these running backs producing as top 10 running backs. I think like, this is so fun. Just as you mentioned, the Chargers can't stop the run. I do think this is going to be just such a fun game where we get to see these running backs work side by side and, and just move that ball up and down the field. But, I mean, Justin Herbert, still just so fun to watch. You just got to hope that uh, he gets the Mike Mike Williams, uh, get that vibe going again because uh, they they struggled to get things going in prime time last week, but I, I do think this is a really nice bounce back opportunity because uh, Cleveland's not particularly scary through the air. So it, it, this could be just a really fun offensive matchup. I am diving headfirst into this Titans and Jags game. 
I don't know why. I just like picking train wrecks, I guess. Uh, AJ Brown's going to return. Derrick Henry, you know, he's an absolute monster. Going against the train wreck that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I already told you I like LaVisca Chenault. Trevor Lawrence coming off his strongest looking game as a pro. I don't think Urban Meyer's got any power there anymore. So maybe that's going to turn things around for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense going against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I can't help myself. I am loaded up on this game all over the place. It seems like it's going to set me up for nothing but heartbreak, but I seem to do this to myself each and every week. So that's where we are. Those are our favorite games of the week. Let's take a quick look at the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G might play this week, but for the sake of the show, we're going to assume that he's not going to play. He's supposed to throw today and it's been weird all week long. Jimmy G was saying that, you know, his calf is really messed up. And then the 49ers were like, actually, it's not that bad. It's just a contusion, but he hasn't practiced all week. He might practice on Friday and we'll, we'll see what his status is. But for the sake of the show, we want Trey Lance to start in this game. And I was just talking about Justin Fields. So if Trey Lance gets the nod this week against the Arizona Cardinals, are you guys putting Trey Lance in your fantasy lineups or are you putting Justin Fields in your fantasy lineups? Justin made the throws. I will say like Trey Lance, um, not, not looking developed as a passer so far. They both have the rushing upside. Oh, this, this is actually really, uh, oh man, this is, this is a tough one. I do feel like just based on offense alone, Trey Lance has the the higher upside just because of the fact that he is within a more productive offense. I do trust his coach to scheme him into better positions, but the concern, of course, uh, it doesn't really seem like Kyle Shanahan is ready uh, to go all in to scheme him into the right position. They're just not, they're not, uh, they're not ready to uh, commit to him just yet. Like, uh, like you said, Steven, they, Jimmy Garoppolo was like, oh yeah, man, no way. I'm probably going to be out a few weeks. And then, uh, you know, the training staff comes in and, uh, Kyle Shannon's like, no, 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 you're, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Suck it up. Get, get, get back out there. Get back. Like they, they really want Jimmy G on the field, but I, I do, I trust Kyle Shanahan still for some reason. Um, I, I feel like he's been a, a bit more disappointing, uh, to start this year than we have seen in years past, but, um, I mean, look at even the game script against the four and Cardinals. Like this should be a high scoring game. This should be a matchup where Trey Lance does need to move the ball with his arm. And if he can't guess what, if there's uh, you know, if, if there's tight coverage down the field, he's going to take off and run. And that is going to be so good for fantasy. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I, I, I think the weirdest thing, like you guys said, is that how, how raw Lance looks right now as a passer when it's when it's not off of like play action shots right um i didn't really expect that coming out of trey lance early on because i mean he sure he was playing at the fcs level with north dakota state that's perfectly fine the thing is they ran as close to like a quote-unquote like pro style offense as you're gonna get so i thought he was gonna be a lot cleaner. Um, obviously, you know, he only played one game last year and the bulk of uh, his production there at North Dakota state, the bulk of his reps at least um, was as a true or as a redshirt freshman. So maybe there is something to like a quarterback who basically took off a year, um, especially that young, maybe that guy does actually need more time, especially when he's making the jump from the FCS to the NFL. But I've just kind of been surprised early on, even when he's gotten into the game in like package plays and stuff like that of how raw he's kind of looked. Cause I thought he was going to be a lot cleaner at this point. Yeah. I think just justice. Field- he only had 287 pass attempts, like yeah. in his, his big season, like that is such a small sample size. And I feel like we kind of overlook the small sample size because of the 28 touchdowns zero interceptions that he had in the 2019 season at North Dakota state, but like 287 pass attempts and like total throughout college, um, 318 
pass attempts. Like, yikes, that that's a really small sample size. Like you're going to have quarterbacks who have uh, a much bigger sample size in just one season. Um, right. Let alone I, that being your entire collegiate performance. I think we're going to run into this more and more with these quarterbacks though. I mean, I mean, look at these guys like uh, what Justin got, what, two years at Ohio state. Uh, Trey Lance had one year. Zach Wilson yes. had one good year at BYU. Mac Jones had to wait his time uh, before he got his year at Alabama. Like there's, there's so much money, especially when you're going to go so high just because you play the quarterback position that it's almost like as soon as you produce, you're, you're going into the pros, you know, like if, if we're looking at this next quarterback class coming in, we're going to be talking about a quarterback from Liberty who transferred from Auburn. We're going to be talking about uh what's his name? Carson, who's at Nevada right now, playing against the Mountain West in an air, like true air raid system. We're going to be talking about Spencer Radler, um, who's probably like Drew Lockish. And then we're going to talk about Sam Howell, who's basically playing in like an RPO system at, at North Carolina. He's kind of going to be like, a, honestly, like a lesser version of like what Mac Jones is in terms of like the draft narrative around him. So like, that's like where we're at in terms of like the pipeline of development that's coming in. When we're talking about a guy like Trey Lance, you know, he played in a, he played in a pro style system. He was able to operate in it. He basically didn't make mistakes. He was, he was doing it at like 19 years old. He has a hose and he has legs. Plus he declared. So it's like, you know, if he, if he comes out, he comes out. It's not like we're going to get a second shot at him and, and get more reps at him. You know, that that's the toughest thing I think with these quarterbacks right now is, we, we don't get the benefit of seeing them develop. We get the benefit of seeing the breakout, and then we have to draft them once they break out, basically. Uh, and that actually See brings that, us... like I get that, but I think the issue for me comes down to when we're looking at Trey Lance and we're fine uh, you know, drafting Trey Lance uh, at, as high as we did, but... Uh, the the thought of drafting Mac Jones as high as uh, we were suspecting he was going to be drafted was ludicrous. Like we had we had a bigger sample size for Mac Jones. We had a bigger, much bigger sample size uh, for Justin Fields coming out of school, um, and he looked fantastic in that sample size. So like I I get it, um, and I'm not like out on Trey Lance or anything, but I guess I um, I didn't, I wasn't expecting as much from him coming out just because of this uh, lack of experience overall. And that might be why the 49ers, uh, it's most assuredly why the 49ers have wanted to bring him along so slowly this season. But if that calf is not working right for Jimmy G, then uh, we're probably going to see Trey Lance on Sunday. And that brings us to our next NFL reacts poll, which rookie quarterback do you want for this season? And this is a total shocker. Uh, Mac Jones with 39% of the vote leading the way here. Trevor Lawrence, 25%. Justin Fields with 16%. Trey Lance with 12%. And Zach Wilson with 8%. We've just got a lot of Patriots fans that are voting on these NFL reacts. No, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. I think NFL reacts actually, I think y'all got this right. Although I will say I would be so curious to see what these poll results would have looked like last week before we got to see Trevor Lawrence on Thursday night football, because uh, I think he did win himself some, some points in his favor in that game finally showed some willingness to run, but Mac Jones, I mean, he, he has showcased uh, a lot of great decision-making. I think he looks just so poised. Um, I, I mean, Mac Jones, I, I think, fantasy football uh, has kind of skewed our minds uh, into wanting, you know, the sexy rushing quarterback, like the Trey Lance. Um, but Mac Jones, he's just a really capable passer and he's really smart uh, at football decisions. Like, and we've already gotten to see that. I think that's so awesome. Like what he was able to do in that, that big primetime game against Tom Brady, like, he did not look shaken whatsoever. He just looks like a certified badass. I I think I would still take Trevor in a in a vacuum. And I think Justin is probably the second guy I would take. The the thing with Mac that still is like in the air for me. Obviously, he can operate um 
at the line of scrimmage better than any of these other quarterbacks right now. You, you're not seeing him take the rookie type of risks that that these other guys are. Um, he's putting the ball exactly where it needs to be. The problem is even in like that Tampa Bay game, right, where they they needed to move the ball downfield through the air game, they would run like uh, those like gimmick, like double end around throws and stuff like that just to get the ball downfield. I think that's kind of the big question I have on on Mac Jones at this point is when can you take that next step and start developing that like Kirk Cousins-like deep game? Like Kirk Cousins can throw – deep and intermediate it just he can't live in it right it just has to kind of be the change up that's that's where I'm at with Mac Jones right now um but as far as like operating down to down and he's probably the best at it out of this rookie class right now he's not making the same type of mistakes that these other guys are yeah but see that's that's my problem with him being number one here because yes he's not making poor decisions He's been a very good game manager. He's just not throwing the ball down the field, and the Patriots aren't putting him in bad positions to where he can turn the football over for them. We know how Bill Belichick is about turnovers. But out of all of these quarterbacks, I feel like Mac Jones... You can't be mad at him because his offense puts him in good positions. But for the rest of this season, I'm about the flash guys. I'm about the guys that can make the plays downfield. And that's why... Justin Fields would be the dude for me personally, but I could totally understand why Trevor Lawrence would be that guy too because of their big play ability and the uh, the way they can stretch the field. I just think that Mac Jones is like the most boring person that we could pick for the rest of the season if we had to pick one rookie quarterback. Oh, he's I still he's like I said, pudding. I still think Trevor <laughs> I still think Trevor is operating very well. Um I think Trevor, the biggest thing is you see when when his team is basically out of the game, he realizes it and he's saying to himself like, hey, man, there's only so much time on the clock and we're going to have to make one of these dumb, dumb balls go right in our way to get back into the game. And you're seeing him take a lot of risk once Jacksonville's down a score or two. Um, but when they have the lead and or they're in a neutral situation – I think Trevor is the be- the best one out of all of them, but I mean that that's a fair point on Mac. Where you you know you can't you can't bang on him for uh, doing what he's being told. It, it just feels the offense feels very similar to like Alex Smith in Kansas City the last couple of years uh, of of the of when he was there with the Chiefs. Um, and I guess my question is just like how much benefit really does that bring to the team like if you're if you're throwing for five yards of play but you're completing them every single time is that actually a good offense i don't know uh and that actually brings us to uh our sunday night football matchup the buffalo bills taking on the kansas city chiefs a huge afc game with massive implications uh across the rest of the season and really like the playoff picture and so this question's mostly for kate Zach Moss, been fantastic after being a healthy scratch in week one of the NFL season. Since then, he is just getting all of the goal line carries, all of the red zone touchdowns for the Buffalo Bills. But they've had a pretty positive game script and not a very tough schedule. So, Kate, I know you love Zach Moss, but are you still comfortable plugging him into what's likely going to be a shootout and not a positive game script game on Sunday night? The thing about the Buffalo Bills is that it, like everything is the perfect game script because they just are they're constantly in scoring position. Um, I, I mean, you just have so much potential there. You mentioned Zach Moss uh, in the red zone carries. He's uh, led the team over the last three weeks, uh, 13 red zone carries to Devin Singletary seven. He has converted three of those for a touchdown. Devin Singletary, not a single one of those went for a touchdown. He saw three carries inside the five. Um, He's been utilized as a a receiver more heavily. I think Zach Moss, especially in the the barren landscape that we've had right now for the running back position, I, I think he is pretty much a weekly flex at this point. And I don't think you need to uh, expect the world because he's still, he's still splitting touches pretty much down the middle with Devin Singletary, but I mean, it, it's getting really hard to ignore that he's he's the touchdown guy. Um, we know he's he's tough after um, you know t- tough after contact. 
Um, I mean, last week he could have walked away with two more touchdowns and just situationally, like there was uh, one ball that just didn't uh, didn't quite hit him in the hands the way that it should have. It was a sort of an awkward throw uh, that would have been a receiving touchdown. And then there was another play that could have been a walk in touchdown. But Josh Allen, the ball hog, uh, takes the ball on the option and throws it for a wide open touchdown to Dawson Knox. But man, it would have been a walk in if you would have just let Zach Moss have the ball. I just think like the touchdown upside in in this high scoring offense is is so high. Um, why not take you know fourteen to sixteen touches per week on one of the best uh, you know from one of the best offenses in the NFL? Yeah, I think that it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I am a little bit worried about it because of what you mentioned with Josh Allen and the way he kind of vultures touchdowns at the goal line sometimes. But So selfish. It's just, I, I mean, your, your running backs are probably bad, like a lot of running <laughs> backs are in fantasy football this year. So you probably don't have anybody who's going to have more touchdown upside than Zach Moss on your team outside of, you know, the top guy. So I'm still putting him in to my lineup this week against the Kansas city chiefs. And that brings us to our next NFL reacts question. Who is the best team in the NFL right now? The Arizona Cardinals leading the way with 36% of the vote Buffalo bills with 28%, the Rams with 12%, the bucks with 10 the Cowboys with 4%. I think that's ridiculous. Browns with 3%. The Packers, 3%. Ravens, 2.5%. And the Raiders at the bottom with 1%. I'm not shocked the Cardinals and the Bills are at the top, though I think we're overestimating the Bills just a little bit right now. The way the Dallas Cowboys have been playing, I'm shocked that there isn't a little bit more faith in them right now. With their defense looking good, Dak Prescott's got the arm back. That offense is looking unstoppable. I put the Cowboys as the number one team in my Arrowhead Pride power rankings this week. Chiefs fans were not happy about it. That's scandalous. That is uh, absolutely scandalous. But I think, I mean, they, they've they come out just really, uh, really hot. Like they, they even had, you know, the really fantastic performance in primetime against the Eagles, which we've, we've seen some flashes from the Eagles. The Eagles haven't looked totally incompetent. But the Cowboys made them look completely and totally disastrously incompetent. Um, I do think we're underrating the Cowboys here just a bit. Uh, and I'm actually kind of surprised. I, I think if we had run this question after the Thursday night football game with the Rams, we might have seen uh, some of those Rams votes headed down to the Cowboys. But uh, I mean, gosh, I, I think there's uh, the biggest takeaway here is maybe that I feel like the AFC is a little bit better than uh, than the NFC. That's that's my takeaway. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I don't even know where I would place my bets right now. I I think this is more of a situation where people want there to be a team that's pulling away at this point in the season, and I'm not sure there is one. I mean, the teams that have the potential for it, I think, are yeah, Dallas, the Rams, the Bucks, um, the Chiefs. I don't know if the Bills are necessarily there. I, the big worry I have with the Bills is they just stick in 11 personnel all the time. And they haven't really played a team that can bully them. Um, I mean, the, the Steelers game plan was was weird. I wonder if it's replicable, you know, once they start playing some of these other better teams. But the Cardinals being up there, 36%. I've seen those games, man. And it really does seem like it's just Kyler Hero ball. And, and some of those balls are landing and, he looks like he's blacking out right now, but I, I don't know if that's really something that's sustainable at this point. We do have to unveil. We were Woo! the Zach Wilson pod and justice was out for a week and I totally forgot to submit the options. I remember to do it this week. So our new quarterback that we are representing as a show on NFL reacts I think we all kind of assume this. The options were Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and Sam Darnold. Justin Herbert ran away with it 79% of the vote. Derek Carr had 10%, and Sam Darnold had 11%. I'm just happy Sam wasn't last. I knew we were going to be the Justin Herbert pod. <laughs> so I'm just happy Sam Darnold wasn't last over Derek Carr. Oh, I, I would have been very upset. Tell, yeah. tell all the high school kids that uh, Justin Herbert went to Oregon so he could find another quarterback, please. That'd be nice. 
<laughs> Struggling a little bit on Saturdays there. I don't think oh, any Justin of us- Herbert. I feel like he earned it though. He a hundred percent earned it. Uh, we are officially the Justin Herbert podcast. Um, I'm gonna get Justin Herbert tattooed to my face in honor of this uh, exciting venture that we are now on. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm I'm so pumped. This just goes further into the reasoning why uh, the Browns Chargers was my game of the week. That getting Justin Herbert tattooed to your face seems a little aggressive, but I love the enthusiasm <laughs> and we're going hard for Justin Herbert the rest of the way. We will not change that. So Justin Herbert, we love you. Uh, we want to watch you prosper. Hope that you crush it this week. I hope all of you guys crush it in your fantasy lineups, your sports bets, whatever. Go win some cash. Get a W. This is NFL Reacts. You can follow Kate Magic on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Justice Mosqueda on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>